in today's show. We're looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com, use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you to you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Awesome. We're going to look at the waiver wire. Players to add, players to drop, players to watch, all that sort of stuff. So let's crack in right now by looking at the most added players in the last 24 hours. And it's no surprise to see a couple of Memphis Grizzlies players right at the top of that list. Tyus Jones and DeAnthony Melton. Of course, this is on the back of the Ja Morant injury which at the time of me recording this, we still don't actually have a diagnosis. We know it's a knee sprain, which is the most vague thing you could ever hear. You might as well say sore knee. Like That is basically how vague a knee sprain is. Could it be a week? Maybe. Could it be three months? Possibly. Could it be six months? Yeah, I guess so. Like We don't know. Grade one, grade two, grade three, ACL, MCL, PCL? I don't know. We don't know what it is. We know that there's some sort of sprain. We just don't know how long you'll be out. So it is hard to make, you know, or do I drop this guy for this guy? Like we could add Ty Jones and get three games out of him. And even those three games, he's a top 110 player. Um, look, Desmond Bain should be rostered in all leagues. He is going to take on some point guard duties. They do not view DeAnthony Melton, I don't believe, as a point guard, but Melton should get more run, more usage. Um, and, and both Jones and Melton here are, are guys to add. Now, Tyus Jones is a very low upside player, I believe. What he does, he provides good assists. He provides good steals. You know, TJ McConnell. Ricky Rubio. Rubio is probably going to be a little bit better than him longer term, but that's what Jones provides. He's not going to be, he might average like nine points per game. The usage will go to Bain. Dylan Brooks is licking his lips right now, waiting for 50 shots per game. Yeah, Jaron Jackson will take these shots. Melton will take shots. Um, so both of these guys are options in 12 team leagues. I think on a per minute basis, Melton is significantly better than Jones. Whether those minutes come close enough is a, is a question, but if Melton gets 24, then he's the, he's the guy to me. And I think if Bain's going to play a little bit more point guard, it does open up opportunities there for Melton to get those 25. So I would prioritize Melton over Jones, but they're both options. A lot of people are adding Marvin Bagley. I guess we'll find out today um, with no Barnes and no Holmes again. But last game, Melton against the Lakers, oh, Melton Bagley against the Lakers. It was a triple overtime game, and he played all three of those overtimes. At the end of regulation, he had 18 minutes played and like nine points, five rebounds. Nothing exciting. Ended up with a good line through overtime. In a points league, I don't hate adding him. In a category league, he just offers so little, and I just don't think that he's... You know, to have one bunch of overtime performances make us think that this is the turnaround in his career, I don't buy that at all. If you're in a 16-team league categories, sure, 14 Whatever. 12, 10, definitely not. 12, 10 points, yep, no worries. But it is really short term with Barnes and Holmes out. 
and now Harkless may be out as well. That's going to give him a little bit of a boost, but don't get too excited. Malik Monk, big minutes the last three games. Now, when Nunn and Ariza eventually return, it is going to have an impact, but he is playing better than Allington. He's significantly better than Avery Bradley. Ken Bazemore's ass has been kicked to the curb to the place that had a reserve sign for DeAndre Jordan, but he's yet to make his appearance there. Um, and Monk's getting these good minutes. He's wildly inconsistent, but if I'm in a 14-team league, I'll add him. I'd consider it, especially like he's been added a lot because of the Lakers playing Sunday, so there's some stream value in Monk, but he's at least someone to watch and maybe consider in 12s. John Wall. Added everywhere. And then the report came out today that uh, Wall's like, no, I want to start. And the Rockets went, nah, sorry, mate. And they went, all right, cool. I'll just continue sitting out. So we'll talk about that more in a second. Spoiler alert. You can drop him. Um, Everyone added him. Again, I talked about this yesterday saying you're going to have, he's not going to play 30 minutes and have 32 usage like he did last year. He's going to hurt your field goals, free throws, turnovers. He's going to sit games. I think it's a waste of a roster spot unless you can add him to injured reserve for free is what I suggested. Um, yeah, look, obviously that still holds. And if you did add him and ignored that sort of scenario, drop him. That's what I would do. I wouldn't have added him to begin with, but I would drop him. Pat Connaughton's being added everywhere because he's continued to play well. I don't know how it continues when Lopez and DiVincenzo return, but that's that's future Josh's problem. Current Josh, Connaughton's continuing to play well, continuing to astound me by shooting absolute lights out, but continuing to play well. Precious Achua, the big sneeze. That's got to be just a stream option for Sunday. He is not um, remotely long-term a 12-team league player. Remember, no Birchner and Anobi there for Toronto. Grant Williams, that's a short-term one with Rob Williams out. And Terrence Mann, I don't believe Mann is anything more than a streamer. The Clippers are currently playing as I'm recording this. And he is not a must-roster or must-hold guy uh, as we move forward into the season. He just has not uh, done that for us so far this season. And I'm not really expecting that to change too much. But what... I am expecting you to do is to check out Price Picks because Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I know you're going to love it because what it is, it's just like daily fantasy how it should be. It's you versus predictions. That's it. Nothing else. It is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Whatever props you can think of, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, fantasy points, you can get those over-unders on Price Picks. It's not just the stars. It's the bench guys just getting limited minutes as well. So when you go to sign up, use the promo code NBA. You get 100% match deposit up to 100 bucks. When you create a lineup, you get two to five player props. You combine them together. So yeah, LeBron over-under points, Isaiah Stewart over-under cut eyes. Add them together and see um, up, up to 10 times your entry fee. It doesn't have to be basketball. You can combine football in there as well and other sports. Multi-sport um, synergy as corporate people would tell me. Entries can be made in under 60 seconds. Withdrawals are fast and easy as well. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com. Use that promo code NBA or download the app uh, from the App Store. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. When you're going to watch the Isaiah Stewart-LeBron um, rematch today, you got to shit in one spot. Then you got your on-demand shows. Maybe it's Hawkeye. You watch that somewhere else. You got your highlights on your phone. You're going to watch to see the Christian McCaffrey injury. Look at me being all topical. Um, you can see what happened to his ankle in today's game for the Panthers. You got the highlights on your phone. Then you got your other logins for your neighbors, mates, friends, gardeners, misses to go and watch the other good stuff. Well, it's, that sentence was as confusing as it is to try and find everything you need for TV. So I'm going to tell you about a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. 
No more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, let's look at a package of players who can be dropped. Again, I have to throw this disclaimer out because people don't watch every show. There's new people always coming in. Droppable players does not mean you have to go and drop these players. All right, that's not what it means. I must get rid of these players. It means that if you're in a situation where you've got a good player coming off your injured reserve or injured list, now someone had a complaint that I called it IR instead of IR. Like it doesn't actually, kids, cover your ears. It makes fuck all difference whether I call it IR, which is what it's called on ESPN or CBS or on Fantrax or IL, what it's called on Yahoo. It's the same shit. It's an injured spot, injured reserve, injured list, whatever, same shit. Anyway, you want to activate someone coming off that list. These are guys that you can consider dropping. You want to add because you need streaming and more games. These guys, I think maybe they're going to be the 140th best player in a 12-team league, which is fine to roster, but is the upside worth holding? Probably not when you can use that to stream or to try these waiver wire type players. That's what this list is. Except John Wall, drop him anyway. No need to hold a bloke who's not going to play. Again, if you do have that open IL slot, there is absolutely no harm whatsoever of holding someone in an open injured reserve slot. Absolutely none. But as soon as someone needs that spot, drop him. Then Kemba Walker, unfortunately, is uh, is a drop. Hello. Start of last season, I said, I reckon this guy's knees are rooted. I reckon he's cooked. And it looked like that for a long time. And then the last two months, he looked good. And I went, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did, did get, you know... Um, German magic blood injected in and he was right to go. And now he looks shit again this year. Um, yeah, he was got being drafted around the 90s. I picked him at a lot of spots in the 90s. He is playing like 23 minutes a night. He has good games for sure, but holding on for this roller coaster is not worth it. I wouldn't bother. Jalen Green. I wanted to give to the end of November to see if he could turn it around. He got to the end of November and he got hurt. Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Now, this is not to preclude Jalen Green being a rosterable player in January. I, th- I think he will. But the trajectory is not happening. The injuries here piss him off. Now, if you've got injured reserve, injured list, stick him in there. But that's, uh, yeah, I-, I wouldn't be bothering. I would much prefer to hold Jalen Suggs than Jalen Green at this point. And then we go to his teammate, the Delicate Dancer. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Alperen Shengun. Now, Shengun has replaced Daniel Tice in the rotation. But the thing is that the Rockets are finding success with playing, you're going to be stunned, not two bigs and having spacing. Wow, modern NBA concepts finally hit Houston. What a, what a stunning development that is. Um, so they're not going with the two bigs anymore. They're playing Jay Sean Tate at the four, literally his best position. This is why the Daniel Tice signing made kids, again, cover your ears, I'm fired up on a Monday morning. It made no fucking sense at all. Like, what fucking sense did that make? Are we going to bring in a 27-year-old block? And Daniel Tice is actually a really good player. Like, he's a good player, really good defender, really solid. For a good team. Not to clog up the spacing on a shithouse team. I, it made no sense. And now he's out of the rotation. Good work, Rafael Stone. Um, and Steven Silas. Yeah, the whole thing's bullshit. But he's gone now. And they're playing better with spacing. So that means that Shengun needs now like before we needed you know, him to replace Daniel Tice and there was a huge possibility hey and he's going to start next to Wood all that stuff no 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 now he needs to replace Christian Wood and maybe that happens maybe Woody gets hurt maybe Woody gets traded maybe he doesn't so again Shengun is the the ultimate this is not me changing my opinion on his ability at all I think he's going to be 
a multi-time top 70 fantasy player in his career. I think in two years, maybe next year, I think he's the starting center on this team and he's putting up top 70 numbers. But for this year, a lot needs to happen and that's just luxury stashing and you probably can't afford that. The delicate dancer, you can go. Nikhil Alexander-Walker in a bench roll, 24 minutes a night, hurts your field goals, see you later. If you want to roster him, no worries. No problem at all. But, it needs to be a very specific situation. You need to be very specific needs of points and threes and be ready to deal with inconsistencies and poor shooting. And that's what he is. Camelo Anthony still rostered in a lot of places. Um, what do you reckon, Jack? Get that garbage out of here! Agreed. This was the most obvious hot streak that had no chance of sustaining ever at the start of the season when he was getting like 1.4 blocks and shooting 60% from three. There was no chance of it ever sticking. And now we're seeing that happen. Please do not hold Carmelo Anthony in 12-team leagues. Um, Rowan Barrett. Now, out of everyone on this list, I'd be the most hesitant to drop RJ Barrett. And if you're in a points league, don't drop RJ Barrett. Hold RJ Barrett in 12-team points leagues. 10 teams, I'd consider it dropping. In a category league, what's he doing that's good? I know he's just in a prolonged slump, right? and he is going to be better than, than what he's currently playing. But we have seen over the two and a half years of his career, we have not seen any semblance of being a good category league player. None. So even if he gets back to last year's level, is that good enough? Not really. Like it's the 110th ranked player. And while he's struggling and while the Knicks have many other options, like Alec Burks, who's outplaying him every single night, I don't think holding on to Barrett is worthwhile. Now I am not a Barrett hater because that's a stupid term. I don't see the upside and potential in him that many others do. And I consistently get into arguments with him, whether that's on Basketball Monster in the forums, on Twitter or whatever. I always get in arguments about him because my opinion differs quite a bit to a lot of people. So you know, take that for what it's worth when you're assessing Barrett. I just don't believe in his upside. I don't, I don't at all. I never did from before the draft. I didn't as a rookie. I didn't last year and I don't now. And it hasn't changed. Maybe you could say I'm stubborn. I would say his results this year would say that maybe I'm right on that one. And then the big avocado, Andre Drummond. Embiid's back. Drummond's done. In a daily changes league, you can't hold a bloke who's going to play 15 minutes a night and be just an atrocious drain on percentages. Yeah, on the nights when Embiid sits, Drummond can be valuable. But was he actually even that valuable when Embiid was out for three weeks? I don't know. Not really. I would not be bothered. I would not be bothered holding him as uh, my uh, phone message tone goes off. Um... All right, let's go on to the must-roster players now. All right, so let's look at the must-roster players now. I think we've got to consider LaMarcus Aldridge, one of those guys. He's starting for the Nets. The minutes are up. The production's great. Got to be rostered in all formats. I'm just going to go through these names. Ricky Rubio, shooting horribly, but still needs to be rostered everywhere. Um, Alex Caruso, that's probably more for category leagues, but I still think he's a must-roster in points leagues. Jalen Brunson's a must-roster. I know he's currently out. Please don't drop him. He's a must-roster player. I think that the Flamin' Galar still is must-roster. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flamin' Galars. I understand that others will disagree with me, but I still think his opportunity is there and there will be some production coming forward from him. Um, but I get if you don't believe that, I still want to hold him. Larry Markinen in Cleveland is a must-roster player. Um, he's not going to be yeah, blowing through the top 80 or something, but I think he's a top 100 sort of a guy. And then I think Jared Vanderbilt has moved into this territory. Now, it's not for everybody, but I wouldn't... If I saw a 12-team league and he's on the waiver wire, I'd think that someone was asleep. 
They are rolling with him in the starting lineup. That's not changing. Yeah, maybe he only plays 25 minutes a night, but he can pull down nine boards. He can get 1.5 blocks. He can get 1.2 steals. He can have high field goal percentage. There's room for him to expand his assist game as well. I really like what he's doing, and I do think he should be on a waiver wire somewhere. Um, all right. Let's talk about Cyber Monday. I know this is Sunday for some of you in America, but here we're here. We're Cyber Monday. You're waking up in the morning. Cyber Monday is here. And Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. That sounds rude. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. And a brand new Built Bar flavored has just landed in time for Cyber Monday. Wow, they are cranking out the new flavors. Caramel Almond Delight. And it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. 150 calories in those and 17 grams of protein. Also, this is this season. Maybe you're craving white chocolate. I'm literally craving white chocolate all the time. Second best chocolate behind ruby chocolate. Um, for limited time, special new Built Bar Puff Flavor White Chocolate Cheesecake. The yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate. 140 calories and 17 grams of protein in that. So go to Built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to Built.com and use that code LOCKED20. L-O-C-K-E-D-2-0 before it is too late. And we know that football, we're like a few weeks away for the end of the season. College football, we're getting into championship week next week. The NBA is rolling and the number one spot to place all of your bets is at Bet Online with a new and updated desktop site with their mobile site as well. Everything looks spick and span and you can get a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up by using the code LOCKEDON. Obviously, it's not just football. It's not just the NBA. It's college hoops. It's college football. It's NHL. It's boxing. It's UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline has everything that you need. And don't wait. Take advantage of all of the great offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at some upside grab players now. Three Houston Rockets guys there I've got at the start of my list. I don't know how it's all going to play out. At the moment, Garrison Matthews is starting in place of Jalen Green. He's playing all right. Armani Brooks is getting the backup minutes. He's looking okay for like 16 team leagues. He's had some really, really big scoring games. I think he's had 13 threes in the last three games. Brooks. I think long-term, when we're talking February, Josh Christopher is going to be this guy who's going to be playing 25 minutes a night. He'll get Eric Gordon's minutes, some of DJ Augustin's minutes, and he'll play 25 a night and be useful. That is a longer-term stash. But I don't... You know, I think Brooks has some upside stash there as well. I think Obi Toppin's an interesting one. Now, the stubbornest man in the world, Tom Thibodeau, is just probably never going to do that. But Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel are brittle. Like We know that. They will get hurt a lot. And we have seen success of the Randall-Toppin combination many times. What is it going to take for Tom Thibodeau to use that lineup more? Apart from a, a brain transplant, which while they're there, maybe they might add a few extra strands up top. Just saying. I can't really talk. I've I'm, I'm got bald spots everywhere. Um, but Toppin is playing well. He's just a name to watch in case Tom Thibodeau has a complete change or there's multiple injuries. And the second one of those things is way more likely. Trey Mann in OKC. I don't think Trey Mann is going to be a good NBA player. I'll get that out there right now. I don't think so. But Aaron Wiggins... Teo Maladon, Ty Jerome, injuries to Shea Gildas-Alexander, perhaps Josh Giddy, anything. Any of these things can happen and push Mann into a larger role as a first-round pick that they invested um, and, and took when they should have you know, ended up taking Shingun in that spot before after they traded out or yeah, before they traded out of that pick. Uh, Mann has an opportunity. I don't think he's good. 
I don't think he's going to be good, and that's pretty clear from everything I've said about him. But the opportunity could still be there for him to have a fantasy impact this season. And then in Denver, we don't know the status of Maga Porter Jr. Jeff Green is currently starting, but Zeke Naji is starting to impress. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Naji step into a larger role. Some other names that I think are worth mentioning here. Maxi Kleber is real close to must roster. I would add him in 12-team leagues. He's much better than Willie Cauley-Stein or Dwight Powell. He's playing well. I like him. Alec Burks probably is a must-roster guy. He's maybe a little bee's dick off. Brandon Clark, really solid 14-team league guy who has stepped ahead of Xavier Tillman and he's getting like 23, 24 a night. And that's probably what he needs to be a 12-team relevant player. I've got mentioned Grayson Allen as a name here. I think he's a drop. He's not He's not on that necessarily must-drop list, but I think you can drop him. Danny Green, if you're looking for defensive stats, I do think he'll come off the bench behind Thibault, but he is producing at a pretty high level. Jeff Green, I just referenced. Green is at least a short-term ad while Porter is out, especially for points leagues. KCP, really, really strong 14-team league ad and is an excellent streamer in 12-teamers. Probably not a must roster in 12-team leagues, but if you've got him on a roster, there's nothing wrong with that. And then lastly, a guy that is getting a lot of hype at the moment, Bill Hernan Gomez at the Pelicans. Now, he is the backup to Jonas Valanciunas. He's putting up some really, really big numbers. Now, I do not believe that what Billy Hernan Gomez is doing has any basis in reality in terms of being able to stick. But he is a name that is getting mentioned a lot. A lot of people are saying he's must-add for 12-team leagues. I don't believe that personally. But you know, if you look at his last five games, he's the 74th ranked player. That's hard to argue. How I will argue that is by saying he's doing that by shooting 70% from the field, which his career high is 56. So that's probably going to come down. He is doing that by having uh, an assist per 36 of over double his career high in that number. So that is probably going to come down. He's also doing it by posting career-best steal numbers, which is probably going to come down, and by uh, posting career-best free-throw numbers, which, again, could possibly come down. He's also doing it on 25% usage, which probably will come down. And the 17 minutes a night, or even over his last four, he's playing 20. That means that Jonas Valanciunas needs to play 28 a night, which is not realistic at all. So while he is producing, there's been a lot of things happening. Valanciunas foul trouble, blowouts, have really contributed to this nice little run from Hernan Gomez, who's absolutely no no issue here. He is producing big numbers in that time. But I, I just don't look at it as like, add him, sure, short term, go for it. Let, let's go, see what happens. I do not look at him and go, this is um, a, a realistic player to have as a 12 team. Like his number one category at the moment that is carrying his fantasy value is his field goals at 70%. Drop that back to 56% or drop it back to 58% and he's not a top 200 guy. That is what is carrying him and that is what is inflating the ranking. So just be aware of that. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.